morning, everybody. My name is uh, Mona Stevens. I'm the lead pastor here at Living Hope. Thank you for those that are online and who are joining us and those that have come in-house. We have a lot of new guests today. Welcome to this house. especially excited because God has been speaking to us in the last two weeks about knowing our purpose. And the questions we've been asking ourselves is, why is it important? Why is it important that we know why we live, why we do what we do, the meaning and significance of our life? Because if we don't, something else is going to actually set an agenda for, for us, and we are going to be moved and defined by a lot of the, the, the events in our lives. So I wanted to put together this series called Know Your Purpose. Purpose. This is part three, and that's why I was going to bring this. I'm not too sure. Did you find my, my PowerPoint there? Yes, that's good. I want to thank all of you who have been working so hard to make uh, the things go forward. If you have not seen the video about the vision of what's happening for Christmas, God is opening a lot of opportunities for us, and we're going to walk through them, and we're going to serve and just be God's love and God's hands this Christmas. And if you have not seen it, you can go to the One Body and the Facebook, uh, Living Hope. I believe that you will get a little uh, insight of what we're, what we're going to be doing in the days to come. Um, also this week, you'll be getting another video about just uh, our vision about uh, the addition. You know that we are growing and we don't have enough room, and so we want to uh, do an addition. And so right now, we wanted to start in the fall, but God gave us a word to wait. And so now we're going to do a fundraiser and just a project called Better Together, and that's coming in the days to come. So probably this week, with the help of my IT team, I'll be able to put together what I I believe God has put on my heart as we go forward and to get ready for the spring, because springtime will be the time where we believe that God is setting forth just that season where we're going to do the construction of this church and go forward. God has really been good to this church, don't you? Don't you believe that? I mean, it was just a small little square church when we first started 25 years ago. And God keeps on adding and adding and adding, not only people, but the, the, the church itself, the building. And so that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to continue doing because this is what God is asking us to do. Amen? So I hope that you will come with me so we can stand in unity and support each other as we go forward. Now, today I've asked a question. What is the importance of knowing our purpose? Well, I, I was reading a little bit of Max Licato, uh just a few days ago, and he says this, if the purpose of life is just to live this life and then die, it would be hard to answer the question such as, what's the purpose of pain? Because a lot of people ask, what's the purpose of pain? But if we can help people see from an eternal perspective that all of this is working together to prepare us for something higher than what we've imagined, more noble than what we've ever dreamed, and then we discover that hope that's inside of that purpose. So many of us are so greatly defined by our wounds, by our past, by what we're going through, that we seem to forget that higher purpose, the higher thing, the bigger picture that God has already planned from the beginning of the foundation. You see, every, every person is born with purpose. Every person is born with purpose. All people are made in the image of God. Each of us are born with a purpose and a calling that we, need to, that we can discover, or we can completely miss. We, either we discover it or we completely miss it. But to walk God's purpose, we need to understand first and foremost that we have to become his children. I saw this quote once, and it's up there, but they're having a little bit of problems with the PowerPoint. I saw it. It says, everybody is created in his image, which we see that in Scripture. Everybody is created in his image, but not everybody are his children. This is the key. Because a lot of times we think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm, I go to church. But really, truly, unless you're born again and saved, then you're not his child, not yet. 
But when we make that conscious decision and we acknowledge our brokenness and we can't change this, and we know that we needed a savior to save us from our sin and to make us right with God, then something fundamentally happens according to scripture if we, tell, we ask God and we say, confess with our mouth that we need a savior and Lord, and we confess him as Lord, then we are saved. Scripture says this in 2 Timothy 1.9, He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Because of his purposes, he didn't want anybody to perish. You see, when people say, well, how come God, how can God be a loving God if he created hell? Hell God didn't create hell for people. But we choose it, though, beloved. When we don't understand that fundamentally God created us to have a relationship with us and to establish his kingdom, it's so much greater than just living life and dying. So we need to understand that we, we need to become his children. See, salvation is only the beginning for Christians. See, God's greater purpose should always be in the forefront of our minds. But beloved, we're so distracted, are we not? We're distracted by life, by bills, by finances, by our marriages, by a whole bunch of things, by ourselves. I'm part of this story. The question is, is are you part of this story? Coming to church doesn't make you part of God's story, but actually being saved makes you part of this story. Again, Max Licato says this, the purpose of the Bible is salvation. God's highest passion is to get his children home. You are his children. He needs to get you home. And the way that he gets you home is through faith in Jesus. Then he goes on. His book, the Bible, describes his plan of salvation. And the purpose of the Bible is to proclaim God's plan and passion to save his children. The purpose for us is to establish that plan amongst the people who do not know him. The promise of eternity that comes to us as we become children of God. The promise of living free from the bondage of sin and the wonderful free gift of salvation and all of the privileges that we have, joy, peace, rest, and so many other things. When we understand what great salvation we have, then, and then we know it frees us up. It should free us up to go about God's business every day. But what if I told you that most of us, we go about our own business and we forget about this great purpose? Knowing his purpose in my life has kept me from buckling under the pressure. Knowing his purpose has kept me from quitting when I've been discouraged. How many times we want to quit when we're discouraged? Am I the only one here? All right, so when I'm feeling discouraged, I just want to quit. But actually knowing that it's just not about the here and now causes me to stand back up again. Knowing his purpose, is it, what it does is it keeps me from that self-indulgent life. Because we are bent. There's a bent, that sinful nature that just causes us to make it always about our story. And I think in that, though, I think we lose sight of the joy and the glory of living for something greater than ourselves. And so we need to understand that ultimately, for me, as I learned that this life was a whole lot more than what I thought, I also learned that this life is short. Hey, I checked out, it's going to be my birthday in a few weeks, and I'm getting old. And I'm going, God, you know, I thank the Lord that he has taken half of my life And he has actually brought it to this place where I could serve him. And now I want to serve him as much and even more so than I did from the beginning. I am on a journey, and with the help of his word and the influence of the Holy Spirit who resides in me, he gives me the insight of God's purposes. See, a lot of people say, well, I just don't know what God's purpose is. Just get in the word. You're going to understand what he has for you. I find myself assured and at peace most of the time, not because everything is lined up. I mean, how many of us try to control our environment? Come on, it's not just one person. Yeah, all of us. Thank you. I mean, there's some, some of you are a little honest here today. But it's just like, yeah, we try to control our environment because we think that, that there's purpose in that. But really, truly, what do I, if I told you that God had already established your steps, that he's already numbered your days, would that take away the worry and the fear of death? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter how much I try to isolate myself or do whatever. If God already has a day planned for me, 
the day is planned, beloved. He's sovereign. He's in control. So I'd rather focus on what he wants me to do in this day because I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. This day, hopefully I can finish it and reach my pillow at the end of the day. <laughs> That's one of our purposes. Just give me a pillow. Yeah, I know. There's much more than that. Jeremiah 29, 4 to to 14, which I'm not going to read, it says that God has a purpose and a plan for you. His plans are sure, true, and faithful. You know, if we really believe that he had a plan, they're sure, true, and faithful, would that take away the anxiety? Would that take away the fear? The fretting? Of course. But you see, when we don't understand that there is a higher purpose in what you are going through today, we go straight to our go-tos. We do whatever we have to do to save ourselves from ourselves. And God says, what about me? I have a plan for you. You have an eternal future in Christ. God's plan for you is to prosper and to grow you spiritually in him. And, and he will use every situation right now that you're in. He's using it. You might not see the purpose of why you are where you are, why you're in such pain as you are right now, why you've gone through so much difficulty. What if I told you, if you stand back long enough and say, God, what is it you're trying to show me that he would? You see, understanding God's story is really where I find significance and purpose in my own story. It causes me to move about in the day and choosing that I want to trust him over what I am going through. Listen, beloved, sometimes we can be so busy about our lives that we forget about the bigger picture. When we are driven by the demands of life, we will not realize that God always has a greater purpose. We will make it about what we are going through. We also have to realize that his purpose not only encompasses just your life, it encompasses all of those that are in your life. You see, I've told you so many times, sometimes we make choices not understanding that it does affect a whole lot of other people. You see, I'm part of somebody else's great purpose. Yep, I'm a vessel that fashions, and some people would rather not have me in their life. But those that love truth, they kind of like the vessel. Because, you know, we need to keep each other accountable, don't we? Because if we don't, that's why isolation, that's why the Bible says in Proverbs that the proudful like isolation because they don't have to actually hear anybody speak into their life. But do you understand the foolishness of that? Because I need someone to remind me of the bigger picture. Do you need someone today to remind you of the bigger picture? To remind you that just because you're going through a kind of a difficult time, that these light and momentary afflictions are only for a moment. And if you move back and you say, God, through your love, show me what's the purpose. I don't want to become embittered here. I don't want to lose sight of your peace. I don't want to give away my joy. Show me what is it that you're, asking, you're showing me in this. So when we are, you know, when we realize that this, this purpose is greater, then when we go and we choose an employment or when we go to school, when we do something, then we understand that it's not just about me going to work and getting money to pay my bills. It's so much bigger than that. But we make it about that. But when we know that God is right in the center and he's going to encompass all of my life, everything, everybody's in my life. You know those difficult people in my life? God says, ah, it's a purpose for you. You know, sometimes I know I need to grow and he brings me difficult people. And I'm like, okay, going around that mountain again, I can do it. I know God can do it through me. But it is about that, isn't it? We make it about the people. We make it about the behavior. We make it about the event, the offense. What if I told you God uses it all to fashion us, to prepare us for something so much greater? Chip Ingram said this, God has placed you here as a unique person with a unique mission aimed at establishing and extending his kingdom. And your purpose, your potential lies securely and completely in that purpose. You see, potential means possibility. You see, when I'm in God's story, the possibilities are endless. When I'm in my story, they become to diminish. We need to know the truth that God's purpose can't be undone. You see, we might lose sight and we might feel like we're wandering and lost, but he has not lost sight of you today. Are you hearing me? He sees you. And that for me 
gives me tremendous assurance. I don't know, we go to a lot of things that are temporary, but they disappoint us, but he never disappoints. See, once God has established his purpose for our lives, no one can change it. What door, what door God has opened, no man can shut. Christians can take courage that he is working everything for our good, even the most difficult life situations. And he says this, we can see that through the example of Job. I love the book of Job because the guy goes through a whole slew of stuff, loses everything, gets sick, and then God calls him to see him for who he is. Job 42.2 says this, I know that you can do everything. Have you ever told that to God? God, I know no matter what I'm going through, you can do everything. And that no purpose of yours, not my purpose, all right? Because sometimes we kind of mix those two. Oh, God, this is your purpose, and God has never said anything about that. He says, when your purpose can't, uh, your, yeah, no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. Nothing can be withheld from him. So if he's already decided what he's going to equip you to and what he's called you to, do you really think that anything could stop it? The only person that can stop it is ourself. Remember what I said two weeks ago, that really depending, determining your will, if you are always doing your will above God's will, then you will never walk in that specific purpose. You see, a lot of people call out and they say, well, you know, if only I had a husband, then I'd be able to walk properly. No. If only I had the proper church and the church was there for me, then I'd be doing more for God. No, because really, truly, somewhere down the road, some of us have forgotten the bigger picture. God's purpose is the one that lasts. The lives of men and women are but a vapor. That's what the Bible says. You see, my life is just a vapor. And one day it'll come to an end. God's purpose can be fulfilled throughout the multiple generations. We can make our plans and set out to see them accomplished. But if we don't pray and seek God's direction, we can find ourselves drifting in an ocean of problems without a sail. How many of you that I find you going through the ocean without a sail? And really, when I pull that thread and go and find out, it's either you didn't believe God enough for what you were going through, so you made it work. Hey, can I get an amen? amen. Hmm. Every plan should begin and end with God in mind first. Beloved, we have missed this whole understanding of God, his story. The Lord, he says in Psalm 138, 8, he says, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. And why will he do that? He says this, your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. You see, you were born with a purpose, and God has given you the ability to accomplish it. See, when we don't understand the strength and we undervalue what Christ has given us in the Holy Spirit and in his word, then we make it about our strength, our weaknesses, our failure, or the people that are in our lives to dictate how we're going to be working for God. No such thing, beloved. God has already set in motion something in you that is so much greater than what you can imagine. It's immeasurable. But sometimes our unbelief keeps us in our story. When we have to, as people of God, rise up again this time in this particular junction in life, we need to rise up again and start believing that God is who he says he is. God has given us a purpose and a plan that nothing can actually remove because his will be, it's going to prevail. But us, because we don't believe and we don't trust, we go to other things. So what holds us back from knowing his purpose? That's the question I need to ask you. What's, what holds us back? What holds us back from walking in his purpose or pursuing our potential, our possibilities for his kingdom? Let me ask you this question. Do you feel as if something is holding you back from walking God's purposes in your life right now? Do you know what that something is for you? Dr. Charles Stanley says this. There are obstacles in walking out our purpose for God. There are shackles, specific shackles in our minds, which he means that there are, there are just faulty thoughts, faulty beliefs, disbeliefs that we believe about God, about ourselves, about our life. And because of it, it shackles us in our, in our story. We can never see God's bigger story. 
And so we need to understand that when, when, when he says there's shackles in our minds that keeps us from walking God's purpose, we need to be real about them. But he also says that there are times when there are hurdles in our attitudes, in our actions, in our hearts, and even in our thoughts that hinder our ability to live out that purpose. And here we are, we're blaming it on a whole lot of things, but really, truly, we have the shackles, we have the hurdles. And so God, he says here, these obstacles can strip us, um, trip us up unless we are willing to overcome them by our faith. But a lot of times, just because you say you're willing doesn't mean that you're going to do it. I know that God has put me against the wall over and over and over again. And those shackles in my mind, which I'm going to share one and one in particular today, I can't go in the shackles. I'm going to go into the hurdles today. What stops you from walking in power and walking in that purpose? But I do remember one, one time, and I was about maybe six years in the Lord, and I was making it about, oh, you know, it's so hard to have children being stuck at home. And all I can see was nothing. You know, my life amounted to nothing. I didn't see the bigness of my responsibility in my children raising them up, you know, in Christ, being part of their lives, investing, you know, just doing what I needed to do. No, I couldn't see that because I was so selfish and self-centered. I couldn't see the bigger, the bigger picture or God's story when it came to our children. And all I could see is mine. Poor me. I never go out. Life is drudgery. Get up, eat, feed the kids, play with them, put them down, feed the kids, bathe them, go to bed, start all over, get up, feed the kids, yeah. It, was, it wasn't a bright time for me. But that's when I started realizing God wanted to use my children to fashion me, to stop fighting his will for me, that he had a plan. And at that particular junction in my life, it was about my kids. God was using that to show me a specific purpose in my life. And I remember there was this pastor, this young pastor, I didn't like too much, by the way. He came home, and uh, he was with his wife, and he started talking to me, and I started complaining. Nah, 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 nah. You know how that goes, eh? Um, yeah, I started complaining about my life, and he said, you know, Mona, you're as free as you want to be. Mm. Yeah, I didn't like him before. I definitely didn't like him afterwards. <laughs> it was a good thing that he was a little further away from me because I'm quite sure at that particular moment I could have jumped him. But I didn't because my husband was behind him going, don't do it, don't do it. Give him grace, he's young. Yeah, so was I. Let me tell you, I know that you know, we need to understand, like last week I was talking about you know, how we've settled for less. Well, we don't know the big, we just settle for less. And we fall into this place of complacency and missing out on what God's best for us. And God gave us a challenge last week, and he said, you need to have an intentional life. You know, we're really intentional in our darkness, but we love it. We're, as I was intentional and always complaining and always making it about what I didn't have and so on and so forth, we can have an intentional life with purpose, vision, and discipline. And that particular moment was a turnaround for me because I stopped making excuses. I stopped rationalizing and making it about everything else, and I started seeking God. And God started revealing to me how my children were just, they were part of God's plan for this moment. And I needed to settle these issues quickly and learn to yield to God because he knew the bigger picture. You know what happened is that I stopped being miserable. I mean, are you guys miserable? Nobody's saying yes or I'll say quiet. What? What? You don't want to tell anybody you're miserable. But really, truly, we're, we, we are. We have no joy. We're discontent. And, you know, when we have all of this, it's because you're missing something, beloved. You know, when, when, when you have your full of, you know, strength and peace, then you're probably walking in that, that, the specific purpose and you don't even know it. But you're, you're always forever making it about your story and you have no peace and you're not joyful and you're not grateful and you're discontent. I kind of have to tell you, you're probably not walking according to his purpose. And that's what we have to see. See, we forget about God's story. There's a picture here. I think this is the one here. Yeah. In order to walk forward in God's story, walking his purposes, we will need to cast off the shackles of the faulty thinking and the faulty belief and recognize our hurdles that keep us from experiencing all that God has for us. Because it is that that's causing us not to walk fully in God's plan. 
My first hurdle is a limited perspective. Some people are focused solely on themselves in the here and the now. As a, as a result, they are extremely nearsighted. You see where you can just see the buildings with the glasses, but everything else is, is, is foggy. Everything else you can't really see. So when we are extremely nearsighted, a whole lot of things do happen. They see only what is happening right before them and living only for the moment. If you believe that your purpose in life is solely in the here and now and what that purpose what that purpose is, you'll be wrapped up entirely in the things that you think needs to benefit you, but you won't consider God in the mix. It is very likely that you will become extremely self-indulgent in that place. See, our ultimate purpose in this earth is to gratify, is not to gratify, I should say, gratify and satisfy ourselves, but that's what the society tells us. You know, this is all about you. Be the best you you can be. We're really, truly, there's nothing in me to keep me whole. There's nothing, there's no strength in me to do what I need to do. I found someone, I'm not going back to her. <laughs> I found someone pretty amazing. And so I know that when we try to find pleasure and joy, instead of finding pleasure and joy in the Father, then we find ourselves very self-obsessed. And that's why the scripture Luke 9 says this, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to serve their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What they lose in the mix is the bigger picture. What we lose when we serve ourselves and not deny the self-life, because the self-life is it's a natural bend. It just wants to do what it wants to do when it wants to do it. And it never gives us anything. So for some, you might be nearsighted today. For others, your view might be looking from only through a mirror. They see only how people, circumstances, or situations have affected them. Not how they might impact the lives of others or how they can influence other people. No, they only see what people have done to them. Your past does not dictate what God is still able to do in you and through you in the future. But how many of us are still defined by our past. Never allowed what happened yesterday to dictate what you will do tomorrow for God. And unfortunately, beloved, because we are in our story and we forget about God's story, we do let whatever happened yesterday dictate how we're going to do today. Hurdle number two, feelings of low self-value and low self-worth. If you don't know that God has created you with purpose, a hope, and a future, you will not value yourself. Every aspect of being, every moment of your time on this earth, every bit of influence that you might ever have for others around you, it's already been authorized by God. He has placed a plan there for you. Psalm 3311 is one of the psalms that he gave me eight years ago that I have held on to, even though I might not know what he's asking of me. He says this, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. When was the last time you had a plan that stands firm? I'm sorry, but most of us cannot hold our plans together. We will do the best that we can, amen? But on the whole, if I get God's heart and I get his heartbeat for something, that means that his plan will stand firm. And then he says the purposes of his heart through all generations. See, I spent so much time shackled by the thought that I was never enough. Have you ever felt that? That you didn't belong and you would never measure up. I couldn't see the bigger picture when I'm shackled by that thought. I felt insecure and fearful, which caused me to be stuck in a pattern of comparison, comparing, uh, comparing, just a comparison game. Have you ever been there? In the end, it really was an excuse for failing to trust God and to pursue the potential that he had for me from the, from the beginning. If we regard ourselves as not enough before as not enough before we even begin the race, we'll never run the race. So the enemy knew that if he could shackle me and keep me in that faulty thinking, that I'd never run the race. How many of us are shackled by those thoughts? 
always keep in mind that your race is your race and no one else's. God has set a course before you designed exclusively for you to travel. He has set tasks before you that you alone can complete. God has given you exactly what he intended for you to have as the basic tools, the gifts, the talents, the abilities needed to fulfill this plan for you. I love the scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, where it says, I called you, I'm faithful, and I will do it. I'm not in the middle of that verse. He is. I believe that because we don't know the basic that we are created for purpose, then we find ourselves really stuck in our insecurities and our fear. We're stuck in the shackles of that faulty thinking when really, truly, you should be busting out from that because the power of the one who lives within you can break all of those shackles only if you're willing to let it go. Because many of us, that's our familiar. That's all we know. But what if I told you the reason why you're not moving forward, the reason why you're not walking in power or victory wasn't because God changed his mind. No, God had already planned and purposed to see you set free, that it was because of those shackles that keep you and the hurdles that are before you. The third hurdle is self-imposed limitations. I cannot begin to know all the purposes and possibilities that God has for my life, but there's an excitement, a sense of awe and reverence in my life that he could use such a woman as I. You know, when I went through my sabbatical for the three months, I came to the conclusion that God didn't really need me. It was a humbling situation, but that he chose me. You bet I went after every shackle and every hurdle. Because I didn't want to end my journey always on the sidelines because of these different faulty thinkings and faulty beliefs that I had embraced. God had put inside of me a hope and a plan, and I understood now I needed to be intentional in how to go after those shackles and how to go after the hurdles. Are you intentional? I figured out that my ultimate purpose had nothing to do about my family of origin, where I came from. It had nothing to do about the schools that I've gone to to get whatever. It had nothing to do about culture. It had nothing to do about my race nor my personality. My ultimate purpose is to bring God glory through my life. That is our purpose, to bring God glory. Do I reflect God's love and compassion? Do I reflect his, his forgiveness, his ability? Do I do those things? I started asking myself, God, I want to be that sweet aroma. And when you read 2 Corinthians 2.15, it says the same. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ. Do you know you are pleasing to him because of Jesus? You know, we have to stop thinking that God can't love us, that he can't use us, because those thoughts are not the Father's thoughts, beloved. There's a time and a place in our life that we have to say, I'm going to scrap that book. I'm going to stop that narrative, because the Word tells me something totally different. Why do you think the enemy wants you out of your Word? Because you won't figure this out. You won't realize that, whoa, hold on. God has given me so much more. So he says, for we are to God a pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and among those that are perishing. When we pursue our calling and persevere in our purposes and the purposes that God has given us, when we grow in our faith and our character through every act of obedience, because obedience has a lot to do about our specific purpose, we become a sweet aroma to Christ and to others, not because of title, not because of this church, not because of the wonderful man I married, but because of what God has spoken over me. That is it. Hurdle four, and I'm coming to an end, hopefully. Yes, I am. Hurdle four, the fear of disappointment and failure. Oh, we have a lot of those hurdles. Can you agree even before I even start? Yes. So often we say that we don't want to disappoint others, but our greatest fear is that we'll disappoint ourselves. A lot of us, we think that we can't measure up. 
Even some of us fear disappointing God. So let me assure you of these truths. God will never, ever reject you or forsake you. He won't fail to encourage you as you go forward. He will encourage you and lead you forward in the purposes and in the truth that you need. God will never reject you or ever, ever bring you anywhere that you shouldn't be going because he knows already your steps. God is never disappointed by your sincere desire to do his will. He will uphold you. Not only that, he will send you people. Has God sent you people to keep you encouraged lately? Has he sent them to speak into your life and to love you exactly where you are? Yes, he did. He will uphold you. As I said, he will assist you and he will guide you down that path because that's his desire towards you. God can turn all your disappointments into joy as he's done for me. Now, do I still go through disappointments? You bet. We need to understand there's a plan for those. He has a wonderful, unique way of turning all of my worst rejections because I've been rejected quite a bit, beloved, and to a place of acceptance. I have seen God take my harshest critic and make them my closest allies. That is supernatural. Because you see, he has a plan. So even though people rise up and say, you don't belong there, oh, I'm sorry, beloved, but God has said something different. And I'm going to push through all of it because God is in this house. God is here. As for the fear of failure, all of us have failed at some things. But that does not mean we are failures. There's a difference. Failures tell us that we have tried some things and discovered that we need more skill. We need, we need to be more sensitive or more loving or we need more information or more God's presence or power in order to succeed. They inform us. Failures should inform us. So I'm always trying to make my failures successful. I don't run after and build an author to my, my failure, but I do go back to God and say, God, whoa, that really stung. Can you show me what do I need to learn so I don't repeat this again? Romans 8.37 says this. Actually, I'm going too close. No, don't go there yet. I have this, this, this quote. Those who refuse to take risk out of fear of disappointment and failure, rarely experience the full joy and satisfaction that God desires for them. See, why you're not fulfilled and whole is not because God has changed his mind. It's because we are, we're stuck in the hurdle of fear. Rather than focusing on what you can't do, haven't done, or have already failed at doing, focus on the fact that God has placed within you the capacity to succeed and to walk in victory. God has built into you the ability to be complete and whole. He didn't create you to partially succeed. He expects you to fulfill his purpose for your life, not to fail. And this is why I know this is true because Romans 8.37 says this, No, in all things we are more than conquerors through who loves us. It's all about his love. And this is the last hurdle. And you're going to hate me for this one. And you're going to say, oh, I wish I would have walked out before this last hurdle. This last hurdle is laziness. Yowch. Everything related to God's vision of success for your life is already in you. It's in Christ. But if you are lazy, you will not make the necessary efforts to explore, to develop the gifts and talents that God has placed in you. If you are not willing to get up and get going on the task that's already before you, you cannot and will not experience true joy or satisfaction or blessing of obeying what God has put there. And that's why the challenge for an intentional life is all about purpose, discipline, and vision. Vision is what you believe is going to be the end. You see, when I read the word, it always tells me the end. And so I need not to worry how long it takes. See, we're stuck in time. God isn't. So we only see time going. We say, God, how long? Have you ever heard yourself say that? How long? How long? Well, I don't say that anymore because uh, he never answers. So uh, it's not one that he answers because, you see, he's doing a work. And then I figured the faster I can surrender and believe that he is who he says he is, the more that I'll be equipped and the faster I'll be healed. That is the key that I saw. 
So to leap over the hurdles I've described today and to reach God's best for your life, you must have his help. You cannot reach your full potential in your own strength or in your own ability. 2 Corinthians 5, 5 says this, Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the spirit of a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Your purpose in God's story is to let Jesus live his life in you and through you. For us who are believers, it is the willingness to be responsive and moldable in his hands. That's why pride and rebellion are such an issue. You know, when we become so stubborn that we don't do the revealed will, how, how do you expect to work, walk in the specific purposes of God? You can't. And that is why God is going after. I have seen in this assembly in the last several months, if not in the last year and a half, people be awakened like I've never seen before. We are in the cusp of great breakthrough, beloved. You need to push through. You need to make it bigger than just what you're going through today. No matter what you're going through, I'm here to tell you, God has already planned and a purpose for your life. You might have gone off that plan for years, and now all of a sudden you find yourself before God. Hallelujah. Because there are many who stay stubborn to the end, but you are not that many. You have come and you said, God, here I am. I don't know what you have in store, but I'm not going to make it about my struggle today. I'm going to trust you to keep me going forward. I'm asking you, Lord, to let me stay in your story. Show me what I must do and give me the courage and the boldness to say yes and to obey. Because obedience will always keep you going forward in God's plan. Even though you feel like you've wandered without any true purpose, that doesn't mean you are lost. You can regain your sense of purpose and discover what God has for your life. You need to go to God in prayer. You need to dig deep in his word. You need to bring other people in your life. Yes, you can't do it alone. And in the end, you need to trust him. I'm going to ask the worship to come. I'm going to end with this scripture. I'll do the beginning and then the end of that scripture at the end of the song. Have you seen the hurdles, beloved? Have you recognized God hasn't forgotten you? He knows exactly where you are. And if he's going after certain hurdles in your life, praise God that you can see them because there are some who can't even see them. There are some that are so stuck in their hardness and their, their foolish pride that they can't see that God is pursuing them. He's a God that will never, ever stop pursuing us. His love will come and get us in our darkest place. He will do everything he can because he has and wants to establish you for something greater. 1 Peter 5 says this, Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Do you realize how much he cares for you today? Do you realize that you have not been forgotten? For some, you will have to let go and let God. For others, you will have to actually turn totally in a different direction because what you're doing is causing you to lose your peace, to lose the ability and the power that God wants you to be so you can be a sweet aroma. You see, when we don't bring Jesus with us, we labor in vain. I'm sorry. I'm 58, don't have a whole lot of time left. I don't want to labor in vain. So I bring Jesus in. And I believe that whatever I'm going through, he will do. Amen. Amen. As we sing the song, I surrender. If you want to surrender things today, mm -hmm, you come on up. Let me pray for you. Come quickly. God is speaking, and he wants us to walk in that pattern of victory and health. Come quickly as we sing this song. Hallelujah.